0: Welcome to Teachings in the Air. Welcome to Teachings in the Air Podcast with Jerry Oldman. Coming to you from Hunkameenam Territory with a podcast series about Indigenous men's health and wellness. We aim to inspire, motivate, and empower Indigenous men to be sound in mind, body, and spirit, because that's what health means. Hey! Yo berry picking and the guys pick berries for the people hello this is teachings in the air with jerry oldman coming to you from brandon manitoba the home of the dakota anishinaabe the cree the Oji cree then and the metis peoples and all the ones that come here you know, to be part of this land. Today, I'm, uh, my podcast, I decided to call it From the Cradle to the Grave, part of the Indigenous Is series. A while back, I was called to, by UBC to speak to future students and leaders in education. And I was so thrilled to, to be called to do that. I knew they'd been in existence, I think from, since 1974. And to me, that's about self-governance to take control of education. So I answered the call when they call me because I'm so proud of that program So proud that we have our people involved in education. They asked me to come up there to to speak to them now on Zoom about indigenous wellness, about leadership, you know, about methods of teaching. And I was just so happy to do that, to contribute to the work that they're doing Because I had thought, I'd think of the tremendous potential because each of the teachers they train will train maybe thousands of students in their career or be part of that at least. And plus, when I see them, I tell them I wish my granddaughters could see you. So they can step into the role too of being educators or administrators, people that give their life to the people. So I came to talk about wellness, about the act of pursuit of making our mind, our body, and our spirits strong for the people because that's indigenous way to give your life to the people, literally a life of service for the people. So I talked about some methods with them about, I believe I shared about how we talk to the baby as soon as we know it's in the mother. We start educating As indigenous people right then and there. As soon as we know the babies and the mom, we start talking to that baby with teachings. My granny said when the baby's born, shortly after that, they put the baby in a basket, cedar root basket, strap that baby in. And they would call the elders together. And each elder would hold that baby and talk to the top of the head with teachings, with advice. And I asked my granny, why do they talk to the top of the head? She says, Oh, because there's that crack on top of the head when we're a baby it doesn't close up right away. So there's a direct deposit of knowledge into the baby. And <laughs> I thought, how cool is that? You know, so I'm obviously totally in love with indigenous ways. and believe we have a lot to offer to Canada about how to teach. We use storytelling. We have master carvers, healers. You know, we have everything. So I answered the call to go to NITEP. and uh, they called me a few times. I had went there when no COVID, and I see all these beautiful students from all over British Columbia, and uh, the majority of them are life givers. I seen that when I went there, and, uh, and it makes sense to me. The life-givers are the first teachers of all humanity. They start talking to the baby, and as the baby starts to grow and toddle around, they teach them about danger and about goodness, and so they're teaching them. i seen that uh, on the NITEP, website that their symbol is the raven with the sun. In my language, when it's daybreak, we say Kwikwila. That means the raven's beak is opening and letting out the light. So I thought this is so cool. Nightab is letting out the light of knowledge to the students, through the teachers. So that's my little introduction to this podcast, and I'm just so blessed and lucky today to have guests to come and share with us about education, and education actually means to lead. Educators lead students to knowledge help them develop skills. And I'm just so glad to have my guests today. And they're all life givers. I asked him um, about who works for NITIP. And uh, sure enough, I found out it's majority is life givers. They have one guy, I think, <laughs> you know, and I wished he was here with us, too, today, but he's not. so. Anyway, so I just like to—I'm going to have a few questions for you, you know, and just answer them the best you can. And um, by all means, you know, you—you you speak from the heart, which I know you're going to. And, um, so I thought I'd, you know, ask you to introduce yourself and um, tell the audience why you chose NITEP how did you get to be where you're at, you know, in your position? So I'm gonna, because uh, Tanil asked, called me to this, I'm gonna ask her to start off to introduce herself. and Tell us about why you came to NITEP and what you do.
1: Thank you, Jerry, in Mase, my, in my language. I'm, my name is Tanil Shea. I am Dene from the Northwest Territories, Uh, Chicho, which is Dog Rib Ray, that's um, that's my band up north, Um, and Irish on my father's side. I'm a guest currently on the unceded ancestral and traditional territories of the Squamish and Lil'wat peoples, Um, away from our working territory of the home of the Musqueam peoples, where I'm also a guest. I grew up in the traditional Naha territory on the other side of BC. Very fortunate um, to be a guest on these territories. And I like to start off by not acknowledging the territory that I'm on um, as a guest and, and uh, to say thank you to, to these people for sharing these lands that we're able to benefit from. Uh, my journey started in education long ago, long before I was born, I'll say. Um, Maybe that was my family whispering to my mother when I was in the the formation process of education as she was herself an educator um, and also an Indigenous educator such as myself. So I come from a long history of Indigenous education um, and as luck would have it, uh, graduating on the Treaty 6 territory from the University of Alberta in a Bachelor's of Education, I moved back to BC where I'm from. Uh, to continue on my education journey. I was a teacher in the Shkwetmek area in Kamloops, uh, Kamloops Thompson School District, before moving on and upwards to the other side of the province, officially to um, the unceded territories of the Musqueam people and coming to UBC. So it's been a long journey and and kind of a circle, I like to think of it, all around BC and Alberta um, and Indigenous education and uh, NITEP. Is really unique. It, it really is, um, in that it, it really is dedicated and, and rooted in a holistic model, which I, I take great, um, I take it to heart because I, the reason I was, ch- I was uh, interested in my program as a young student in university, which was I chose a human ecology undergraduate degree, a bachelor's of science, which focuses on how to improve the lives of people. And I, I chose to partner that with uh, my bachelor's degree in education. I, and I always had an innate ability. I need to help people. I just want to give back, um, which was, of course, transferred to me from my mom. That was how she lived her life. Um, so the holistic model of human ecology is actually a circle. And that's what drew me to that undergraduate degree. And that's why I chose it. And if you look at NITEP, we have a holistic model. It's a circular model. It's, uh, it's a medicine wheel approach. And, and that's where my passion has always come from. So my path was always leading me to NITEP, even though I never knew it. So in a long-winded way, that's how I ended up in NITEP. Um, and my dedication to Indigenous education led me to these beautiful people um, and these beautiful elders that I've gotten to know and, and got to share my time with. So I always say thank you, Masi, for that. Um, and I'm currently continuing my journey couldn't stop, I guess, uh, in the master's program of indigenous education as well. So hoping to just keep going and I keep giving back to my people. So that's a little bit about me and, and my journey.
0: Okay, can we go on to uh, Marnie C. Wananu
2: um. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, Jerry, my respected elder. I'm Marnie Point and I'm from the Musqueam band here um, where UBC actually sits on our unceded and traditional territory. Um, I have to say I came to NITEP because I saw it as a way to reach students that I was when I was in elementary school and and my whole career um, in education. I was, I didn't know it at the time, but I grew up as a dyslexic learner. And so I was always outside of the box, outside of the edge, we call it in in education. And so when I found this program and and what it talked to, it talked about reaching the heart and, and the gifts and bringing in the traditional holistic way of teaching and to me that spoke volumes because I've always been um, like you said a life giver I have six children and I've always shared and taught and then of course you end up teaching their friends and their friends friends and so I've always been a, um, something someone to give and to teach and to share and when I found out I could do that in a career choice um, NITEP was the right answer and the right path for me to take And it's something that we work hard on in NITEP is to make sure that we nurture the gifts and the talents that are within the students that join, but they may not see them yet. So it's our job to, like you said, speak to their inner being through the head, (laughs) through the knowledge. so, um, yeah, so NITEP is, is, was a lifesaver for me. And it also allowed me to see that there's different ways to learn and teach.
0: Uh, see, Marnie. I, when uh, uh. Oh, I was telling Marnie because I can see her. My heart and mind is stronger. It's good.
2: Yes. Oh.
0: Because yeah. I'm connected to your to you and your relatives.
2: Yes, you are. <laughs> we claim you. Yes. <laughs> did you know that's what C A means? You know, it's not like we use it for friends, but it's actually a yeah. cord that's wrapped tight together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> really to
2: wrapped tight with us. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Jennifer.
3: Hi, Jerry. So nice to be here. Thank you. Um, my name is uh, Jennifer Anaquad, and I am uh, from treaty 4, ter- ter- treaty 4 Territory in Saskatchewan. I'm Anishinaabe in Nehue, and I currently reside on the Unceded Tradition, Territory, the Coquitlam, uh, Keitsie, and Kikite people. Um, And I have been um, really blessed to be able to grow up here and to learn um, so many things. I have um, a a long journey with NITEP. Um, I Moved. I, I lived in the States and moved al- around a lot um, and worked in ECE. And my grandfather who raised me was passing away. And I so I moved back home and I went back to school because I needed to to kind of re-get my training here so I could work in ECE. And I went to Native Education College. And uh, one of the teachers said, I think that you have greater things in store for you. You should apply to NITEP. And I said, well, what's that? So she explained and I said, oh, you know, that sounds like a good idea. Um, I couldn't really see the connection, but I knew that I needed to do something um, more. I was a mature student with a teenage daughter at the time. Um, so I applied to NITEP. And um, that's really when I began my my healing journey and found my place in the world. So I found this place where I belonged. Um, and at, truly, um, like Marnie said, it saved my life. Um, Marnie became a huge part of my life and and mentor, and she was actually the first person in my life to tell me I was smart and uh, remembering that moment so clearly. And um, from there, I um, graduated from NITEP and knew that my journey wasn't quite done yet. I Uh, worked at the First Nations House of Learning as a host and I we joke I would sit outside at the big desk as a host and I said I'm going to sit here until I have a job in NITEP. I'm not going anywhere until I have a job in NITEP. Um, I went on to do my uh, master's of education in curriculum and leadership and uh, now I'm working. I'm a PhD candidate in curriculum and pedagogy but eventually I saw the opportunity to um, there was a job posting and I applied and became part of the NITEP team, so I was really able to continue that that journey. Um, but it is, it's that that need to want to nurture, but the, the desire and um, calling to, to give back to those students that um, don't see their gifts yet, so helping nurture those gifts and helping support um, the students. and and you know making that time and those connections uh, even when it's not always easy so we know not not all students are ready to see that they have a gift in those conversations and work can be difficult but um i've watched marnie and all of the others nurture so many students along the way it just it um pushes me to keep going and to keep giving back so that is a little bit
0: about my journey Thank
4: you, Jennifer. Okay, Joanna. Dr. Johanna Sam Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Johanna Sam. I'm with the Chilicotin Nation of North Central BC. And I am currently living and working on the traditional unceded territories of the Musqueam people. And my journey is similar to the other ladies I work with. It was quite the long journey where. Um, I grew up with my grandparents and my mother, and they always encouraged me to continue in my schooling and always pushed me. If I didn't come home with an A, that wasn't good enough, so I always had to make sure I I was on the honor roll or principal roll every year. And from there, I went into um, my bachelor's of science in psychology, but I did it in the north in Prince George so I could stay close to my family but I had to move away from Prince George area and move south so I could actually finish off my graduate degree. And so I started my graduate studies at UBC and I heard that there was an actual opening with NITEP in the Caribou Field Center, which is my home territory. So I I was in my last final years of my PhD program and I thought this would be a great way to reconnect with my community and give back and and to support. And so I became the Caribou Field Center coordinator and I didn't realize how big of a position this was because this was our first time in NITEP history delivering the full program in community. And then the added pressure, it was my home community at the same time. So um, that's what I've been doing. And I recently started a new position this January as the assistant professor in the Department of Educational and Counseling Psychology Special Education. Basically, the department with the longest name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm so proud of all of you, you know, for your, your journey. And obviously, you're very resilient. You know, and you bend, but don't break. You carry the grandmother's teachings. And that makes me so proud of you. You know, because I know that um, by going to NITEP, the students transform. I've been there. I've watched them, and I know some of them. I've met them later on in life. And, you know, that transformation from victim to be who you are and to live your gift because we're all born with a gift. And many, that's why I'm so glad to have you and to see you because um, we have a number of people that my language would say they're lost and um, they need some inspiration, some motivation, and most of all belief you know that you're you're a worthy person, you're a love, you're lovable and capable. you know, because I had people like that for me. I grew up after I left a residential school, I hit what they call the dark road or the black road, you know, and stayed on there until I found my way out of there, and it was with the help of people with knowledge, which night is all about knowledge, how to absorb it, and how to reflect it, and that's what the students are going to be doing. I'd like you to share in your mind for Indigenous students, as well as teacher students, the ones that are going to be teachers. What, in your view, do you see that's missing for them? And what will work for them? And some of you already shared your own personal experience, but I know you've seen students now, NITIP students we got a handle, too, on our children. Remember, the podcast is called From the Cradle to the Grave because we're students all our life. We can learn every day of our life. If we open our ears and our eyes, we can do that. So I'll circle back to Tanil and if you can reflect on what you think's missing for students in general what in your mind works for them to bring them into the light?
1: Something that I've reflected on quite heavily just being in uh, my master's program actually and something that I hope to maybe even pursue on at the at the doctorate level is this specific topic. Um, What what's really missing for me is and what's missing in our literature but is known in the hearts of indigenous people is the requirement um, and access to holistic health supports. So it's the access to um, the access to elders in our programs. The access to um, cultural cultural wellness and health. And that's why I'm always so happy to see you, Jerry, um, and always so happy to see you talk to our students because you give that support to our students every time we ask you to come. And you share with our students the importance of holistic health and well-being and, and cultural well-being for our students, because we have students in our program that, like like Jennifer did, didn't believe in themselves or don't believe in themselves because they haven't heard from someone that they're capable. They haven't heard from people that they can do it. They're told and they're um, believe that they're not that they're not capable and they are. And that there's another way that we can show them. We can show them by giving them the supports that they need by putting in place um, the conversations with elders, the supports. So that's why I really cherish NITEP so much for having a holistic health model and focusing so much on the support for our NITEP students to be able to connect them to elders because there's lots of students that go through the experience of not having any access to their culture growing up because they've been removed from it. So education can be healing when we give them that support. It's healing for students that are taken away from their communities to come for education. It gives them that support. So for me, it's, it's the support of, of cultural health and wellness for our students that's been missing. It's missing from the literature as a defined pillar of education for our students um, and it's my firm belief that if we were able to establish this as a pillar in education, we would have more indigenous, educa- and indigenous education scholars. We'd have more indigenous education doctors. We'd have more um, success of our people. So that's that's my answer.
0: Thank you, Tenille. Um Marnie.
1: Beautiful,
2: thank you, Tenille. Um Yeah, just to build on that, um, I think that like when, when I first deal with the, my NITEP students, I've been teaching at NITEP since 2005, and um, when I look at them and I see them feeling overwhelmed or see, feeling um, maybe less than, I, I have to tell them, I'm like, look at you. Look at where you are. You're registered at UBC, one of the most prestigious universities. Um, in the world and look how far you've come and you can see them and like start to say you are a pre-service teacher You're in a career path like to, to really start to let them see where they are and what they're doing To that point point. and then the other side of the coin is to tell them They have brought gifts. They have talents and they don't have to let go of grandma's teachings of the stories that they've heard all their life, that they can bring those and weave them together with the world of academia and what we're, you know, they have to get their core credits, they have to get the electives, but that doesn't mean that they have to let go of who they are and what they've been taught to that point. And so how we teach them to, you know, like, shine that light that the Raven brought the sun into the education into the world that they're living in and walking in and how they in turn are going to be able to give that to their future students and so that we're going to have these people, Chief Dan George said it in his confederation lament, like that we're going to take our rightful place in society and stand up strong with the white man's education, those tools of success and it's just It's all that beautiful weaving that we see. Um, I see your star blanket behind you and how it fingers out. And so that with our education, we shine that light out and we can bring students, um, young students, future students into the light of education with our life giving people. It's just, it's beautiful. I just, you know, it's not so bad that you want us to talk. You might not get us to shut up. But with that, I'll, I'll let the next person go. Thank
0: you. I'm a I'm a good steed, and I learned how to be a good nephew at yeah. Uh-uh.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> okay, Jennifer. Um, I
3: don't. There's I don't want to go third. There's nothing left. <laughs> um well, you
0: I, can build on or add to. Yeah,
3: it. I'm gonna build on and add to that. Um, and I think there's so many important things. For me, um, I really focus on um, telling the students that it's okay to fail It's there is no wrong answers and I think that's so important and so missing we start as soon as they get to preschool telling them what they do well that's good I like when you did this Um, we never say oh you know that preschool does a little bit but we never acknowledge those moments of the wrong answers or you know failing a test as something that is positive and I really focus on helping students see that there is no there is no wrong answers like everything is getting you to the next step and that it's okay to fail because we're in it together and we're going to rise up together and in those moments of of maybe failing a class or, you know, doing something that you don't feel you did your best. There's so much learning in that. Um, And I think that we don't see that a lot. We start schooling students as soon as they get into kindergarten, into grade one, into this individualistic idea of it's important to get good grades. It's important to to get that 80 percent So I try to balance that in understanding that yes, you do have to, you know, pass your classes, and we have to work on that together. Um, But it's okay to say I don't understand. It's okay to say I need some help. I don't get what you're saying. And I, I really try to humble myself and work side by side, like elbow to elbow, in the students with that. I'll even pull up my own grades on and share them on the screen and be like, look look at the courses I failed in the first year, look at the courses I failed. Um, And one of my favorite stories to share to kind of model this is, um, and Marnie will remember this, I had my son in the middle of my second term, and I had to take history, which used to be a year-long course. Um, And I had a Uh, Professor, the first term that I could not understand what he was saying. Uh, He was French-Canadian, very strong uh, accent, and I was failing the course. Um, I had my son. I failed the first half of the course. I think I got 13%. And uh, I did well on the second half. And I passed the course with 51%. And I remember going to Marnie's office and her just both of us jumping up and down and celebrating that that D, like, that was the best grade to this day. That was the best grade because it was so hard. And both um, Marnie and everybody else there kept telling me it doesn't matter, your grades don't matter, get through it, do your best, if you fail, we'll do it again, we'll, we'll get through it together, and I think that's such an important thing for, for students to know, um, because the education system isn't geared towards that, it's geared towards teaching them that, you know, you didn't, you didn't pass that, or you didn't get a good grade. So that's, that's, I think that's all I have.
0: Well, thank you. Okay, Joanna.
4: I think there could be like more spaces for Indigenous learners in in our schools and being confident to go on the land and see on the land as a, a space and a place for teaching. I feel like we need so many spaces and places for Indigenous people, both in outside of our classrooms and even online. So a lot of my work looks at digital spaces and I'm always working with students, especially when COVID started and we had a lot of the transition online and a lot of our students felt like they struggled online when they didn't they felt like they didn't understand our learning platforms and so I started telling them I'm like well what social media do you use and they're like well I'm on Facebook I'm on Instagram and I was like okay well there's similar functions to what we're doing with the online learning platform upload pictures you you have an account you log in and and just making them feel comfortable with today's position that we're in with teaching and reaching students in different ways and online forms and feeling confident to Indigenize online spaces as well, especially when we think of so many of our young students on online and making TikToks and whatnot. So engaging our youth in different ways,
0: (laughs) because that's where they're at. Right, you know, I went on to um, Instagram and Facebook and things because I knew that's where they are, because I wanted to pass knowledge to them from people like yourself, and I have other guests, you know, and come and talk about how to inspire people, motivate people, how to heal, you know, because our people are so beautiful. We're born that way. That's where we come from. We come from people that we're taught to be generous, you know. Give away your first drum, give away the first deer you kill, the first fish, the first hat you make, the first headband, whatever it is. and Give it to somebody It's not your family to build relationships. You know, in that system, everybody's self-esteem or value was ensured that you belong. You're part of us. You know, and we're going to teach you. We're not going to give up on you. You know, that's such a, when I look at that way of life, my language is saying in Clackman, how we're supposed to live. When I look at that and I listen to my granny's stories about that, how we were taught, right from the womb. You know, it was, it's such a beautiful way. And to hear you share know, about struggles and overcoming struggle. It's so beautiful. And that's what people need to hear. Like the story of a, a D, as long as you get through. You know, that's beautiful because it is a competitive world. Like I lectured at UBC for, I think, 14 years, you know, in the School of Medicine and other places up there. Oh, students stressed out because their marks aren't high enough. You know, not worried about passing, but seemingly that they have to have the highest mark, which is a competitive edge. I got nothing against competition. It's good to strive to be good, but don't get yourself sick about it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So I really love the whole energy around NITEP about transformation bring in light to the minds of children,
3: of all human
0: beings. That's the only way to defeat darkness, of oppression, of colonization, of racism, is with light. Darkness will not do it. That's what Martin Luther said. You know, we fight darkness with light we create a fire or we get that raven to open its beak and let out the sun. Because we need the sun to grow to survive the warmth of the sun. I was at up, must be two summers ago now. and I went there and Marnie had all this food there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that's being indigenous. I could eat as much as I want. You know, and I see the students eating, and I know we have poor students. So I thought, what a blessing. I've talked to students that were struggling. I was talking to some here that were going to college here. I volunteer here, and they were struggling. They were hungry. So I said. Um, everybody's younger than me. I call him nephew or niece. This is a young man. I said, hey, nephew, don't be afraid to go to the food banks. That's what they're for. Don't feel ashamed about that. You've got to keep yourself strong for tomorrow. You know, you walk away from being a mechanic or whatever you're doing here. It'll take care of you in the future. To do that, you're sacrificing now. Because a lot of our students are underfunded. That's the reality. Um, they get hungry. And families help out that, which is beautiful. But some don't have that backing. You know, so all that comes just me remembering Marnie with her food. <laughs> you know, the...
1: Um, and Marnie can't cook.
0: <laughs>
2: I, just, I just supply everybody else cooks
0: <laughs> see how humble she is oh my gosh <laughs> anyway so the you know the wellness and the leadership I, I, I've said to different groups society I'm not talking just about indigenous but society at large we have unhealthy people trying to help unhealthy people. I'm looking at healthy people now, right now, on my screen, in their night up, Just from listening to you, because healthy means to be strong, in mind, body, and spirit. That's what that word health means. And to listen, to you come through, even being a mother, or, you know, our family struggle, and you still make it. That's a sign to me about your gift and your drive to what one of my elders said, we're going to wake up the sleeping giant, and he was saying, all the indigenous people, we're going to help them to be proud of themselves. When I was listening to you and some of you talking about your life, I was remembering my daughter. Lived with my mom. The elders used to take one of the children. You know, it used to be common. Not so much now. So my, uh, my mother says, that and it's mine. I didn't, we didn't give her right away. But eventually she went. And she, Every day I noticed she'd say to my daughter, she's walking out the door to go to school, You don't bring shame to our name. My daughter ended up in the principal's role of honor and got scholarships and bursaries and didn't have to pay for the first year of college because of those teachings from her grandmother. So the life givers, the first teachers, And they teach the moral codes about how to behave, how to be. And we're going home to that because you're there. Guys are sort of competitive, you know, and sometimes, you know, they forget about that. But mothers never do. It's my belief. So I'm just so happy that you've taken time out of your life to come to share teachings in the air. It's called teachings in the air because my elder, one of my elders told me, everything we know as a human being comes through the air. We see it, we hear it, we smell it, we taste it, we touch it, all our teachings, everything we know comes through the air. So your teachings are gonna go through the air to listen, that listen to teachings in the air. People are listening around the world to teachings in the air. You know, my Eugene and them track it, and they have a list of the top eight countries that listen to teachings in the air. You know, so you're going to be heard, and I want them all to know how proud I am of you and how precious you are. To all even the unborn babies because your work will touch them because you'll touch their mothers and fathers. And they might be just little elementary school students now. But just one teaching from you to those night up students like it's okay to fail. Don't quit just because you fail once. Try harder, (laughs) you know. (laughs) This message is like that. You're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Oh, I have such respect for mothers that have babies that continue their education. Men don't have the faintest idea of all the work it takes to raise children, babies. Some single men do, single fathers. But most men don't know. So I'd just like you to share now, I want you to pick a group. It could be young boys or teenagers or men or girls or young ladies or ladies or even elders. I'd like you to send a message to a group that comes up in your mind, a message about education. You know, the importance of education. So I'd like you to give a message. It could be, you know, whatever comes to your mind, it could be to the Government of Canada, it could be the Premier, it could be to the, all the Indigenous men on the reserves, or the one downtown, wherever, whatever comes to your mind. And this time we're going to go backwards because I heard someone say, I don't want to be this number, so we're going to go to Joanna.
4: I would say this message to others who, are, who grew up similar to me. I'm in, I grew up in a small town. I grew up with a single mother, with my grandparents, raised by my mom and my uncles and my aunts, and spending time with my, in the summertime with my grandfather and fishing on the river and then going out with my granny to pick berries and, and to smoke fish. I was an intergenerational survivor of residential school and Indian day school. I'm the first one in my family to to graduate from high school. So I'm, I'm termed a label as a first generation student. And throughout my whole degree program from the bachelor's of science in psychology to my master's in school of population and public health to most recently in my PhD in human development learning and culture, I was the only indigenous woman indigenous person in my programs and i i knew i wanted to trailblaze i was i wanted to make make a path for others to follow and so i say don't give up on yourself and sometimes i would share with faculty my dream of getting a phd when i first started out way back when and some of the faculty would tell me you know only less than 1% of indigenous people get a get their phd only 0.5% do it and to me that felt like a challenge like i'm going to get this done and i'm going to do it and you can't stop me and so i say you have to just Be a warrior sometimes and go through the school, even though you're the only one. And and to go back and to talk to your family and your friends and your community and your loved ones. and, And don't do this journey alone. Let them know what you're going through. Even though you might be the only one sitting in class, go back to them. Because you represent your family, your community, and Indigenous people everywhere. And everyone's proud of you. Even though when those moments are tough and you go home crying, Find those support systems because they're there for you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Jennifer.
3: Um, I guess my message would be um, to our our relatives that are relearning who they are. So they're, they're finding their roots, they're finding their heritage. Um, and often we we see fear in the classes where they're coming in and they think that we're going to all carry all this knowledge these connections to our teachings these these um, and that feeling less than indigenous i don't want to come to this class because i don't know who i am i don't know what territory i belong to i would say that um to never feel like like that like that's an issue to never feel less than and to know that all of that is inside of you. It's just sleeping, it's dormant. And that's what we're here to do as, as your partners, as your, as your co-educators, co-students, because we're all learning together, is to help you reawaken what, what's there and what you already know.
0: Oh, thank you, wonderful message, Marnie.
2: Thank you, ladies. Um, I think if I could uh, address this to anybody, I would have to say to the, um, those that felt like, still feel like that, that, that they're not enough and they can't do things. They can't grasp their next goal is to not give up. Don't ever give up. Um, I was listening. You have said over and over about transformative education. And Jennifer said when she was, um, in those throws about success and, and, and reaching that next goal. And, and I think about the butterfly and, and what that, we get this cocoon stage and the crystal what's happening within the chrysalis and then that beautiful butterfly comes forth. And um, when I think about Jennifer's career, when she came to us right out of NEC. And what if we said, oh, your grades aren't good enough? way back in year one and I think I'm <laughs> gonna cry <clears throat> what she is today and what she's um, accomplished in, in being a you know she went through the night program she got her master's degree she had a baby in the school in, in classes uh, you know like and never missed a beat and, and now she's doing her PhD and she's our colleague and our peer and our mentor. And she teaches me more today than I think I've ever taught her. And I'm just so grateful. And, that, and if I could say anything to anybody in, that's listening is don't give up. There's a jewel, a gem inside of you. And um, you always say to just find that gift, walk in it, do it and go forward. And that's something that we lost in residential schools is that that desire, that aspiration to dream that we can do something greater. And I, if I can do anything, it's to nurture that desire to aspire to be something. Haychka.
0: Haychka, see you.
1: So passionate, Marnie. Every, every answer you've got, you're like, I am here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, my message, I guess, is kind of all of us summed up, which is um, trust your journey. It's trust your path. Trust where you are. Trust what you're learning. Um, trust that you are meant to be going somewhere, that you are going somewhere. Um, I learned this in, in funny ways throughout my own life, but I realized it was set before me. I come back to my my mom's journey um because she and why I care so much about holistic health and and tell people please care about your health um she walked her two worlds in the western education system and being an indigenous person and and through all of that battled cancer twice it was it's a heavy heavy toll on indigenous people um and she didn't survive her second one which was the same time that she was taking her master's degree she got her master's degree, but didn't survive um, her, her fight with cancer then. So I'm, I'm continuing on in her journey. And she trusted her journey through all of her battles, through all of her struggles, uh, being removed from her family as a very young baby when she was three years old, removed from the 60s scoop. She always trusted her journey. She always found a way to give back. And I'm the product of that. And I've learned through her and my own reflections of my journey to trust my path and to trust my journey so in addition to what all of us have just said it's um it's it's that we see you we hear you we acknowledge you we know that you're here we love you for being here we believe in you and we want you to trust your journey because there are people here for you and we're just a few of the many of the many that are upcoming to lead you and to take your hand on the rest of your journey
0: Thank you, thank you, life givers. You know it's um there's times that I get filled up with hope, and that's one of those times sitting with you on this um virtual circle and having you show your heart to the world It's so beautiful. I want to let you know like to acknowledge you for that. You know, I, I would think of the, what they call the determinants and the numbers, you know, and they've been low for a while, you know, or people not graduating, not going to post-secondary, not having a career. And uh, today I, I'm so hopeful because of NITIP, because of um, all of our indigenous life givers and men that work in post-secondary institutions to help them make it through, to face those challenges, and let Thank them you. know I got your back. You can do this. You know, uh, you've proven now with your words that we can do this. So I'd just like to thank you for my heart and my spirit for being here today on Teachings in the Air. You know, it's, um, a lot of the podcasts I do, what I hear coming from my guests is love. And love is a commitment. I tell people, love is not a feeling. It will turn into a feeling. Once that commitment is consistent, like when you become committed to your baby, when it's consistent, there's those good feelings that pass between the mom and the baby. And they learn that. And they pass that commitment on. So I can tell you're committed to a night tip. So that's love, that you love night tip, which is beautiful. You know, so I just want to raise my hands to you and let you know oh, I'll send you energy in my ceremony, my stately way. And I encourage all my listeners to send a thank you out when you're listening to this to my guests, my wonderful guests. And send some energy their way because they've shared with you now. And your child may listen to this. Or grandchild or nephew or niece or cousin and be inspired to follow them so I just like to thank you again um be safe you know covid is this too shall pass, and I just like to say um night up.